0: If you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, read a couple verses to you. We'll go to the Lord together in a word of prayer, and then just try to... uh, I just ask that you would pray uh, that I'd be able to bring God's message the way that He wants it brought out this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 Verse 1 says, Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ, in stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let's pray. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and the many blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's come out. Thank you, Lord, for uh, your presence, your spirit that we've already felt here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done and the things that we know that you're still yet to do. And, Lord, I just pray as we go forward here this morning in this service, God, that you would continue to bless your people here this morning. Lord, that your presence would be known. Lord, that you would move in our midst in a mighty way. God, that we would keep our eyes and our focus on you, Lord, and we wouldn't be, allow ourselves to be distracted by the things of the world. I pray, Lord, this morning as you go forward. God, we know that you're the searcher of hearts. Lord, there's uh, nothing that is hid from you, nothing that you don't know, that you don't see. Uh, nothing that you don't know about. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just, uh, uh, Lord, that you would work in our hearts here this morning. God, if there's anything in our hearts uh, or in our lives or in our minds that doesn't please you, that doesn't bring you glory, that does not belong there. I pray, Lord, that you would bring it to the surface. Lord, that you'd bring it to our attention. God, that you'd put it on the forefront of our thoughts and that you would convict us of it, Lord. And Lord, that you wouldn't give us any peace until we would repent of it, God, until we would turn away from it and turn to you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would recognize and realize this morning that the most important thing in our life is our walk with you, our relationship with you. And Lord, that it would become more important to us than anything else this world has to offer. And we'd be be willing here this morning to get anything that might come between us and you, anything that might hinder that relationship, that we'd be willing to get rid of it this morning, that we'd be willing to say no, that we'd be willing to repent of it and turn to you. Lord, my heart's desire is for each one here this morning to hear from you and leave here knowing that they would heard from you. But not only hear from you, but be willing to do something about it. Be willing to put hands and feet to what you spoke to their heart this morning. So Lord, that's what I'm asking in this service, that you'd speak to the hearts of each one that's here. And Lord, we'd be willing to follow you and to serve you. And Lord, if there's any here that don't know you, any that are lost and undone, any that are backslidden, any that have fallen away, God, let today be the day that they would repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to preach this morning. It mentions the word steward, stewardship in here. And... uh I know whenever the topic of stewardship come, is brought up, the the, the first uh, uh, gut reaction of every Christian is to is to tightly grab a hold of their wallet or their checkbook or their pocketbook, whatever you call it, and hold on to it tightly. And, and the, some of the first thoughts that go through their mind, I know I've, I used to have them too, is money, money, money. That's all that preacher talks about. Uh, and that's, the, that's the accusation. Uh, that gets made sometimes. Well, I want to make sure that you understand this morning that stewardship involves a whole lot more than just money. Yes, money is a part of being a good steward of God, but there's a whole lot more to it than just that. As a matter of fact, if you will go through the Bible, right, and check all of, run all your references and check all your references and look everywhere in the Scriptures where it talks about being a steward and teaches about being a good steward and what God wants, and you go through the Word, you'll find, first of all, what it means to be a steward, and it means uh, someone who is in charge of another's household and assets, right? If you go through every time where you see steward in the Bible, that's what it's talking about. Someone who is in charge of another person's, now this is a Bible word, household, uh, and I'll add assets. In other words, in just old hillbilly talk like I would understand, it's someone in charge of someone else's stuff. That's what a steward is, right? So if I make you a steward of my stuff, that means I put you in charge of whatever I've got, right? Whether it be be property or livestock or money, whatever it is, if I put you in charge of it, I make you a steward over it. And understand here this morning that all that we have, everything that you've got, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if all it is is two nickels in your pocket. Or you've got a bank account full of millions of dollars or, you know, whatever. You've got just a little shack on the corner or a great big farm. Whatever it is. You've got to realize and recognize that it is from God. It is from God. He owns everything. Right? The Bible talks about in the book of Psalms how our Heavenly Father owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Understand that the hills that them cattle stand on are His also. It's all His. He owns it all. So the first thing to recognize is to get it right in our heart whose it is, who owns it, and that, we, and that we're only allowed uh, possession of it. We're only given stewardship over it by the grace of God. And just as quickly and easily as it came, it can be gone. I mean, all you've got to do is go back and look at the book of Job and see how fast you can lose everything. There was a, a very wealthy man, wealthiest man, one of the wealthiest men in the East, I believe the Bible talks about him. And like that, you could say overnight, he's lost everything. It's all gone, regardless of whether or not you think you earned it. I think that is one of the one of the flaws in our thinking today not not about hard work because hard work is good, and I think we go through the scripture and. I, and we'll see where, where God teaches that. But we get the mentality that we deserve it because we earned it. You know there's a lot of people that's worked just as hard or harder and don't have it, right? God puts it, gives you puts it in your possession and makes you a steward over it, right? Because he wants you to be responsible for it. And that also makes you accountable for what you do with it. So, I want you to understand that regardless of what you might think, you ain't earned it. It's God's. In our text here this morning, the scriptures I read to you, we see that as stewards, we're supposed to be found faithful. Right? That's what verse 2 says. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And if you look at this in light of... Jesus is teaching his parables that he taught on stewardship, it should become immediately apparent that the things that we are to be, how do I want to say this, things that we're to be faithful stewards of is much more than just money. So let's look. Let's take a few minutes this morning and let's look at what God expects us to be good stewards of. The first thing, our time. Did you realize that? God expects us to re- redeem the time for the days are evil, right? He expects us to uh, be good stewards of our time. You, you know that God gives us 24 hours every day, right? You you, you know that, right? You, you know every time our heart beats, every breath that we draw, it's a gift from God. You're here as long as God allows you to be, and you're going to be gone, you're going to be out of here, as soon as God says, time's up, time's over for you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. The best doctors in the world, all the money in the world, won't make a bit of difference when it comes time. And God says that's it. If you don't believe me, just hold your breath and see how long you last. You can't do it on your own. Anyways, God gives it to us. Can I I just illustrate this? Imagine for just a minute that every day at midnight, just just at the... As soon as the hand strikes midnight, just as soon as the, you know, that's when the next day starts is at midnight. You are handed $86,400. $86,400 at midnight, at the stroke of midnight, every day, just as soon as the calendar changes, right? And then we go to the next day. You are handed $86,400. And this happens every day single day but there's one stipulation at the end of the day you can't have none left you got to use it all you have to spend or invest every last penny 86,400 dollars every day you got 24 hours to use it all up and you got to use it all can't save none of it and then start again and I, bet you can, I can sit there and start to imagine, well, there's a lot of things I could do. There's a lot of good I could do with that. There's a lot of uh, things, people that I can help with that, right? I, there's a lot of things that I just want that I could get with that. You know what I'm saying? I could invest a lot of, I could invest and in, 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 in really make a difference in the future, right, for myself and my family and other people, you know. You start thinking about that, right? There's so much that you could do. Well, in case you didn't realize this, God gives you 86,400 seconds every day. Every day that you're alive, he gives you 86,400 seconds to do exactly that same thing with. Either spend it or invest it. But you ain't saving none of it. Right? You can't, you can't save it and bank it and, and add it on to the end of your life. Right? He gives you those, those 86,400 seconds to use and you use them all up today and then you get another 86,400 tomorrow. And you know what? It's the same as with the money. You either spend it or invest it. Right? You, you, you waste it or you use it wisely. Did you ever think about that? And, and when we use our time, maybe if we, sometimes we could invest it in other people and help them, and there's a long-term payoff. Did you ever think about that? What kind of difference it might? Some of these kids are down there in children's church now, but if you take and invest some of that 86400 you get every day, you invest some in them, what kind of difference might it make in their life? Pay dividends long after you're gone. Do you, see what I'm, do you see what I'm saying here this morning? Do you see what I'm getting at? And here's the other side of that. That 86,400, that ain't yours. That ain't mine. We're just stewards over it. God gave it to us, right? We already established that. Every breath we, every breath we draw, every heartbeat we take, every moment we have it because God gave it to us. That 86,400 we get every day, God's the one that gives it to us. That means we're stewards of it. That means that it is ours to manage in his behalf and to do the best with it that we can. And you know what? One day we'll stand before him and we'll give an account on how we used it and how we invested it. Did we squander it? Did we waste it? Did we throw it away? Or did we spend it wisely and invest it wisely? 86000 Four hundred. Can I ask you this before I move on? Of that 86,400 that you get every day, are you willing to spend or invest some of that that God has given you? God allows you to use some uh, for yourself and you know what you need and want. I mean, there's... There's no doubt and question about that. But he wants you to, he wants you to use some of it to spend some of it wisely. He wants you to invest some of it wisely. Can I ask you this? If God gave you a new ministry, now stop. Don't sit there and say, I'm too old. I started to say or too young, but I think probably I'm too old is what most of us are sitting here. If we're thinking anything, I'm joking, I'm teasing. But don't sit there, the devil's going to put excuses in your mind. Right, we'll think I'm not able anymore. One time I could, or I'm not, don't have enough experience. Right, that's the other end of it. Right, the two ends of it. Right, and it seems like anybody under a certain age, right, that says, well, I'm too inexperienced, I'm too young. And then from that age forward, all the rest of them say, well, I'm too old. That's for the young person, right? It, the devil will come along and he'll give you reasons that you can't do it, or that you shouldn't do it, right, or that you'll make a mess of it, or somebody else will do it better, or whatever. Set all that garbage aside. and Stop it. Don't don't believe the lies of the devil. If God come along and opened the door for you, he showed you an opportunity to begin to wisely use and invest some of that 86,400, that time, in some sort of new ministry, spreading the gospel somehow working with somebody, showing somebody the love of God, right? Doing, doing the Lord's work. Would you be willing to do it? Would you be willing to, to use the time, to put the time it would require into it? I just want you to think on it. Let me move on. So that we're to be good stewards of our time. We're to be good stewards of our talents. Okay. One of the parables that Jesus taught is in Matthew 25, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to go there and read it right now. But it involved uh, some men who were given talents. Right. Uh, matter of fact, the way I remember it, there was three men. Each one of them is given a talent. Now, remember, a talent in this day and time was a unit of money. Right. A talent was a measure of gold, a, a weight of gold. It was quite a bit of money. Okay. One talent was, and so, anyways, uh, in this parable, the master gives the first man five talent, or I mean, yeah, five talents of gold. He gives the second one, or he gives a <clears throat> five, two, and one. Yes, he gives the first one five talents. Well, I'm gonna have to go back there and look. I keep wanting to say it's ten talents now. Let's just turn there. Maybe that's what we were supposed to do. Matthew twenty-five, Matthew chapter twenty-five, uh, and I still I won't go through and read the whole thing. But Matthew twenty-five, uh, yeah, verse fifteen. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, uh, one to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. So he gave the first man five talents, the second one two, and the third one one. Right. And so anyways, and they go, and the first one takes five, and he uses it and earns five more. The second one takes his two, and he uh, uses it and earns two more. The third one takes his one, and he takes it because he's afraid of having to give an account. He's afraid of losing it. He's afraid of misusing it. He's afraid of, you know, something happening to it, so he goes and buries it in the ground. And then when the time comes to give an account he comes back to the master and he brings, he digs up the one and brings it and says, look, I knew, I knew that you were a harsh man. And he said, I was worried, uh, you know, how it might how things might go. So what i done was is I just wanted to keep it safe for you. So I went and buried it and hid it. Well, it didn't go very good for him. It was taken away from him and given to the one with 10. Listen to me, we learn a few things from this. We learn first of all, and it's also what Paul taught about the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives them to every person as He wills, right? As He wills, as it's it's His choice, and He but He gives them to every person. And some get more than others. I mean, that's just the way that it is, you know. It's as God wills. It has nothing to do with any kind of discriminating one from another or anything like that. It's just that we're all different, right? God didn't take a cookie cutter and make us all exactly alike uh, with regard to ambitions and abilities and things like that. Uh, And so anyways, really our point is, is our goal is, is to ask God to show us what it is, what our gifts are, and then to use use them for God's glory. Too many take the gifts that God has given them and use them for their own glory. I bet if you think for a minute you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. Our goal is to, and for uh, for most of us we know, deep down we know, Uh, Some of us maybe, you know, don't really know. You've not sought the Lord on it. Seek the Lord. Find out what it is that God has, what talents he has given you, what gifts and abilities he has gifted you with. And take those and use them for God's glory. Use them in his work, in his ministry, to further his, uh, his word. You know, I mean, there is just so many things. And you know what? One day, just like the men in that parable in Matthew 25, they were, you know they were stewards just like us, right? They are given something to take care of and to manage, right? And then one day had to give an account for what they did with it, right? God has given us, He's given us a lot. And it's ours to take it and use it for His glory and His kingdom. And one day, we every one of us will stand before Him and give an account for what we've done with those things. So we're we're stewards just like they are. And every one of us will stand before God and we'll have to give an answer for how we've used those talents. So let me ask you again. If God showed you, when I say a new way, I mean just maybe something you'd not thought of before or something you'd not considered doing or something, you maybe you didn't realize it was a possibility or maybe you didn't think it was something that you could do. If God showed you a way that maybe is new to you or a thing or a ministry, however you want to say it, and you knew for sure in your heart that this is what he wanted you to do, that he wanted to take you and set you over this, and use you in this to put you in it. And the point is, right of this is to spread the gospel, right to help to to help win others to Jesus. Would you be willing to use your talents to do it, and to do it to the very best of your abilities? Or would you be like the one guy and said, "Well, I." Probably better not. I'm just going to go hide mine. Would you be willing? Let me give you something else that sometimes we don't think about when we think about being a steward, right? You probably thought about time and maybe you thought about abilities, your talents. What about your testimony? This is, I believe, one of the most important things in our lives is I'm talking Christian lives. That matters not only to God, but to the saved and unsaved, both, who are around us. When we don't have a good testimony, it reflects badly on Christ. It looks bad among both the saved and the unsaved. I mean, think about it just for a minute. Whenever uh, David committed adultery, King David, a man after God's own heart, when he committed an adultery with Bathsheba, and then he had her husband murdered. So That makes him just as guilty. It makes him a murderer too. But anyways, he has, he has her, uh, her husband murdered in order to cover up his sin with Bathsheba, his adultery. The Bible says, and now let me quote, the Bible says, by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. In other words, the Bible says that, uh, that by this deed, by this act of adultery, David had, uh, had opened the door wide open for Satan. He gives Satan a really good opportunity to come in and to, and to mess a lot of stuff up and to wreck a lot of havoc. How many preachers, ministers of the word of God, do we know just, just, just that we know, you just look at the last few years, that have led a, led a little bit of, because of a temptation, because of a sin. For some of them, it's not any different than what David's sin was. But they sin. They destroy their testimony. They kick the door wide open, right? Not even just leave a little crack, but kick it wide open. Give Satan an opportunity, a place to come in and to wreak havoc amongst God's people. How many are shaken? How many are weakened? Listen to me. It is vitally important that you take good care of your testimony. Listen, it might not mean much to you, but it's precious, and it's valuable to God. Next time that you're in line somewhere, and things ain't going just exactly your way, maybe maybe the checkout girl's having a little bit of problems. Maybe she just don't care, and it's obvious that she don't care. Before you lose your cool, And get all unchristian real fast. Maybe you ought to stop and think. What's this going to do to my testimony? What's the people that's around me that maybe's on the fence? How about the next time you're at the restaurant? Waitress don't do quite, or waiter or whatever don't do quite the job they ought to. Before you just tear into them. Maybe you ought to stop and think. Look, as a person with a with a temper that uh, sometimes has a little trouble controlling the tongue, I, I, I I'm I speak from experience. But I'm telling you, sometimes it's better to bite her tongue. Honestly, it'd be better to bite her tongue off than to let it loose. So. Would you be willing to keep your testimony pure? Even if it meant put up with some nonsense that you shouldn't have to put up with. Even if it meant maybe you weren't really done the way that you should have been done. Would you be willing to to bite your tongue if that's what it took to keep your testimony pure? Not so that you would appear like some self-righteous, religious person or something like that. No, I mean so that you don't ruin your testimony, so that it couldn't hinder you from doing the work of God. But instead of hindering you, if you keep your testimony pure, maybe, just maybe, it might help you in the work that God wants you to do, that he wants to set you over. And so, since I'm talking about the tongue, let's just end there this morning. The tongue. You're a steward over your time, your talent, your testimony, your tongue. We know the most difficult thing that God has given us to control is our tongue, right? I've already been talking about that. James likens it to a deadly fire, right? Full of poison. We must continually ask God to help us to control that thing, to tame that thing. It should be used for the sacrifice of praise. It should be used to tell of God's goodness. It should be used to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. It should be used to witness and to share our testimony with others. And it should not be used to gossip to backbite, to run people down, to offend people, to tell inappropriate jokes and stories, or to curse. The Bible tells us bitter and sweet water cannot come from the same fountain. Neither can blessing and cursings. So can I ask you, would you be willing... Would you be willing to use your tongue for the kingdom of God? What if God opened a new avenue for you to share your faith in the coming months? Would you be willing to use your tongue for it? I thought I was done, but I guess I wasn't. I'm not going to say I lied to you. I'm just going to say I thought I was done with tongue. I guess I ain't. I started this thing saying, when we used to talk about stewardship, people think money. Well, maybe I ought to mention it. We owe God our tithe and offering. I don't know how else to put it. It's His. He's made us a steward over it. He's made us clear. And we owe it to Him. Everything that we have comes from God. That includes our money. God gives us power to earn it. The verses Jennifer read this morning, you can go back there, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, right? I think she read verses um, 11 through 18 or something like that. But you can look In verse 18 makes it very clear, right? That what we got, we've got because God gave it to us. He gave us the ability to earn it, right? And he can take it back and take it away just the same, right? He can take the ability away from us or he can take the actual uh, treasure, money, whatever it is. From us, and some think that you know they get confused. They think tithing belongs to the law, and since we're no longer under the law, then we're no longer obligated to to tithe to give God any you know a certain percentage or anything like that. The truth is, is the principle of tithing was in place long before the law. Abraham, right? If you go back and look early on in Genesis, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. And if you want to go by the law, according to the, uh, the law the Jews were supposed to give, if you add it all up, all the different offerings and tithes and things, it it is something like 23% of their income under the law. Our tithe is just a tenth of our increase. It's easy. You know, and I've heard this so many times, it's easy to think that you can't live without that tithe. That you can't live without that 10%. But let me tell you something from experience. The truth is, you can't live with it. You can't live with it. If you want God's blessings on your, on your life, on your finances, on whatever it is, if you want God's blessings, then you're going to have to have enough faith to give to God His. To give Him His tithe, His offering. Don't you realize In uh, the book of Malachi, we just studied this in the Bible study, if you were in the Bible study, in verses 8 through 10, that this is the only thing that God actually says, prove me now, test me, right? This is the only thing that God says in His Word. The only time you'll find where He says, go ahead, put me to the test on this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. God actually says to not give your tithes is to rob him and he promises a blessing on those who give and a curse on those who don't. I'm telling you folks, don't take my word for it. You go home read the scripture. Study it for yourself. So the question that I have for you today and I really am ended now is do you believe God enough to give him what is his? Do you another way, another way to put it is do you trust yourself or do you trust God? Do you want a blessing or a cursing? You know you're God's steward. And you have to, You every one of us, I don't care whether we want to or not, we will have to answer to him one day. You will have to give an account of what you did with all the time, all the... Um, talent, all the treasure, all your testimony, the things that you let your tongue do, everything that we talked about here today. Everything that God has set you over. So, here's my question. You know that day is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? If God was to call you home before you were to for you to make it to your earthly home today, if you pull out of here on the road and you get in a wreck and you die in that wreck and you, you will immediately go and be in the presence of God, are you ready to face Him? Is things right in your heart? Is He Lord and Savior of your life? See, there's two things to that, right? As preachers, we like to talk about uh, getting saved. And we talk about giving your heart to the Lord and surrendering to Him and asking Him to forgive you of for your sins and come into your life. But the other part of that is it's one thing to give lip service to God. It's another thing to actually give Him control of your life and turn it all over to Him. Right our actions has got to meet our words. And I'm going to tell you this morning you ain't ready until your actions match your words. So are you ready? And you know there's another side to this another reason why I'm telling you this. God wants to give you more. I don't necessarily mean more money. Maybe maybe, maybe that's what you need is to be steward over more money. But what I'm talking about is he wants to set you over even more. He wants to put more in your stewardship. He wants you to be able to do even more for the kingdom of God. To reach out to more people, to witness to more people, to use your talents and your abilities right to, to, to minister to even more people. Yes, he wants to set you over even more. But here's the thing, here's the catch. You've got to be ready and willing. Ready for that responsibility ready to take it seriously. Every one of us has got gifts and talents that God has given to us. And you know what? I think for many of us, or for some of us, we just don't take it that seriously. We know that, I mean, when I say that, I don't mean we joke about it. You know, we know that we've got this gift, God's given it to us. But we don't treat it like it's precious. We don't take it seriously. We just kind of, you know, set it aside and we know that it's back there and Maybe once in a while we'll dust it off and bring it out and use it. But we don't take it seriously like the precious gift that it is that God has given us to use to further His good news, His gospel, His message, His kingdom. Do we not realize that souls hang in the balance that people are dying and going to a devil's hell every moment, every second? The other side of that 86,400 I talked about is the people that we don't reach are dying and going to hell. And we could care less. So, are you ready? God requires that we be faithful, and that we be good stewards. So I'm asking you this morning, where are you at? God's got something for you to do. God wants to set you over more. Everybody in Mountain Grove ain't saved. I don't know if you realize that or not, but everyone in Mountain Grove ain't saved. God's got more for us to do. He's got more ministry for us to do. More people for us to reach. He wants to give us more. Are you willing? And are you ready? Will you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar. I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning spirit of god dealing with you would you come this morning you got a need you got a burden would you come this morning you realize for the first time that you're lost and you're undone you're not where you ought to be with god if you were to die today you would you would find yourself in an eternity in a devil's hell i'm begging you would you come this morning don't miss this opportunity maybe you got a heavy heart maybe god's been dealing with you about some things Maybe there's somebody you need to talk to and you need to be witness to and you just need strength for the day. Whatever it is that you might need or be going through, I, the altar is open. Would you come this morning? Would you come?